I'd like just to, to read from the word of God in the, in the book of Job, coming before the Psalms, that book of Job. And in chapter 22, Job 22, verse 5, Is not thy wickedness great, and thine iniquities infinite? Verse 21. Acquaint now thyself with him, and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. Acquaint now thyself with him, and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. We read in one more reference in the second book of Paul to the Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you, in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We know that God will add a blessing to the reading of his precious word. I'm sure all under the sound of my voice this evening would give a claim to the, the fact that we live in a, a world of restlessness. And every Everywhere we turn, it seems. It seems as if, like the waves that break upon the shore, there's nothing steady in this world. Everything is restless. There's no peace. We could look on a political sphere and see the, the things that are happening in our land, across our, the United Kingdom, into Europe, across the world at large the restlessness in the political sphere. We could look at the financial aspects of this world and see the restlessness that's all around. Nothing steady, nothing stable. Things are crumbling. We could think of socially. Everywhere we turn, things are happening before our very eyes. And people are moving away from the standards of God. And yet, dear friend, the reality is that we come to this place tonight to tell you of the unchanging character of the message of the gospel, a message that's been preached for centuries, that sinners at a distance from God can know peace, can know peace with God. That's the wonder of the message of which we preach. We go back to this book of Job, the very oldest book recorded in the word of God, and yet how applicable for today's society that we can stand and tell men and women and boys and girls to acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. We can trace this man Job and there's many things that happen in his life. You go to chapter 1. You see that his oxen are stolen. They're taken from him. He hears of a fire that devours his sheep. 
He hears of the Chaldean people that have come and taken his livestock away from him. He then hears of a fire that devours his house and his sons and his daughters have been killed in that fire. And we come to chapter 2 and we see a man sitting in the ground with ashes upon his head. And the things of life have got too much and he's broken. Dear friend, I'd love if I'm speaking to someone tonight and I hope that none of those circumstances of life have happened. But I would love if there was one here tonight and it's dawned upon your soul that there's something more that you need in life. And maybe life is restless and there's nothing stable. And dear friend, maybe there's a soul here and you're longing for peace. Thank God we can tell you that there's peace in Christ. There was men and they took the gospel and they preached it. You read about it in the Acts and you come to chapter 10 and they take the gospel to the Gentiles and what do we hear? They're preaching peace through Jesus Christ. Dear friend, he's the one we preach to tell you of a saviour who came from glory lived upon this world and went all the way to Calvary to suffer, to bleed and die and provide salvation for all mankind. And dear friend, by faith in him you can know your sins forgiven and know peace with God. It thrills my heart. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear friend, get occupied with him tonight in a restless society, in a world of sin. May there be a sinner here tonight and you're willing to let all go and to simply put your faith in him. From Job chapter 22, I want to simply think of the separation of sin. This word acquaint, it's not familiarity as we would use it. But really this word acquaint, it means that there's a distance. There's a distance that's been brought in that needs to be bridged. And dear friend, that's what's happened as a result of our sin. The reality is, dear friend, we can go back to Genesis and we can read of Adam, a man who walked in communion with God. And as a result of sin, he was put out of the garden and mankind has been put at a distance from God. We can read of that chorus, when sin first raised its deadly head, it caused a widening span between the man who walked with God and God who made the man. With sense of sin came sense of shame. The naked sought to hide. Instead of fellowship with God, it brought a great divide. And dear friend, this evening can I tell you, we've been born at a distance of God, a distance from God because of our sin. We can read in Romans chapter 3, it tells us that the ways of peace have they not known. And we read that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We come to chapter 5 in Romans and we read, we read of a panorama of human sin. It tells us we're without strength. 
It tells us we're ungodly. It tells us we're enemies of God. Dear friend, the reality is that we're all sinners in the sight of a holy God. I'm sure we don't have to go too far from this place. And we'll see the effects of sin all around. See men and women and boys and girls and their lives have been broken as a result of sin. I walked the streets of Belfast last night, dear friend. It broke my heart to see two men. And the addictions of this world had taken them. Engaging in things I wouldn't even talk about. The depths of sin to which people can go. But dear friend, the reality is that you could be sitting here tonight. With parents that love you and pray for you. With a Sunday school teacher that desires the salvation of your soul. You've maybe not went to the depths of sin that your friends in school have went to. That your colleagues in work have went to. Maybe you live in uprighteous life before God. But the reality is, dear friend, that we're born in sin. We're born at a distance from God. A distance that we cannot bridge. I was brought up in a home. Where parents loved me, but parents prayed for me. The greatest desire of my parents was that I would be saved. Had Sunday school teachers who poured into my ears the word of the gospel. I lived 18 years of my life knowing its truth. Do you know what, dear friend, before I ever got saved, do you know what I had to understand? I had to understand. I understood that I was at a distance from God. The 14th of February, 2012, there was no moment more humbling in my life than when I understood the reality that I was a helpless sinner in the sight of a holy God. Dear friend, would there be anyone there tonight? Would anyone come to that understanding that there's nothing you can do, that your sin has put a distance between you and God? The separation of sin. You say to me, Matthew, how's it bridged? How's it bridged? Can I tell you about the source of salvation? For this verse is two precious words. Acquaint now thyself with him. The reality, dear friend, of the gospel is that souls can know the forgiveness of your sin alone through Christ. We don't preach a creed. We don't preach a code of rules. We don't preach something you have to pay towards. We preach a man, a blessed man, the Son of God, who died at Calvary, that you might be saved. And well can we say, be ye reconciled to God. For we are helpless, powerless sinners. But what has God done that you might be saved? He hath made him the blessed person of Christ his only begotten Son. He made him to be sin for us 
the one who knew no sin, the sinless, spotless Son of God. Can we tell you of him tonight? Can we tell you of one who left the heights and the splendors of heaven and entered into this world? He was born as a babe in Bethlehem's manger. Well, in the hillsides of Bethlehem, it was sounded forth, glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill toward men, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Thank God he ever came. He ever came into this world, took upon himself human flesh. He walked upon this world, sinless, spotless, and pure. The impeccable holiness of the Christ of God. This is the one we present, dear friend. He moved in this world. We hear a man sitting by a highway side begging. And he cries, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. To think of a cry, they tried to hush that man. And he cried the louder, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. What do we read? The wonder that Jesus stood still. He was interested in a man sitting by a highway side begging. We can think of those disciples in a boat and the wind and the waves crashing against them. And there was one and he was asleep in a pillow. And they could say, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Does he care? He cares for the souls of men and women and boys and girls that he ever came and lived upon this world. But dear friend, his life of sinless purity would never take away a sin. It required him to go to the cross. And he willingly went forward to Jerusalem. Willingly let the creature of his hand take him. He willingly stood before Pilate. And he uttered not a word. Those unjust charges that were brought against him. And Pilate as he gazed upon the sinless spotless son of God. He understood that there was one. And he was a just man. For never another man had stood in silence as men spat upon his face. As they put a crown of thorns upon his head. As they smote him. As Pilate took him and he scourged his blessed back. And he uttered not a word. And he willingly let the creature of his hand take him and take him to a cross. And there kneel him by hands and feet to a wooden cross and uplift him between heaven and earth. And there for six hours, dear friend, the sinless, spotless Son of God died. He suffered, dear friend, upon that cross. Why was he there? As the bearer of sin. If on Jesus my sin was not laid. Or why from his side flowed that sin cleansing tide. If by dying my debt was not paid. Dear friend thank God upon the cross. 
He satisfied eternally the throne of God. He paid in full the price of sin in its entirety, that God on a righteous basis can come out and forgive every single soul that comes to him by faith. For the reality is that he cried upon that cross with triumph. It is finished. It is finished. And he bowed his head and he willingly laid down his life do you know the wonder, dear friend, on this Easter Sunday that we can tell you that the third day he rose triumphantly from the grave, seated in heaven's glories, the sinless, spotless Son of God, the Savior of the world. We could think of a man who was at the Calvary, a man who was kneeled upon the cross beside the Christ of God, And do you know what he could say? Lord, remember me. We could think of a man, Peter, as he sunk neath the waves. And they were about to take him for he was going down. And he cried, Lord, save me. For dear friend, this verse tells us, acquaint now thyself with him. There's something individual about salvation. You'll never get saved in a crowd. You'll never get saved in multitudes. Dear friend, you're saved as an individual. When you come and put your faith in him, the Bible tells us, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. God has made salvation the simplest thing for mortal man and woman to ever do. But yet, dear friend, with our pride and with our desire to do something, we make it something it's not. Dear friend, if there was one here tonight who was willing to lay all down and understand I'm at a distance from God, I'm helpless and I'm powerless, but it's in him. Put your faith in him. And know your sins forgiven. I've told you of that day, the 14th of February. I walked out of a a lecture hall in Queen's University. I'd been burdened with sin for weeks. Been trying my best to be saved. I'd tried prayers. I'd tried tears. I'd tried everything I could. Always trying my little bit. The reality was I walked out of a lecture hall in Queen's University and a man was standing handing out little booklets and I came to him and he handed me one, placed it into my hand and I walked on and in my hand had a Gideon New Testament and Psalms and every thought I had concerning my soul came flooding back to me in that moment. For God will never leave you in the dark, dear friend, if you're earnest about your soul's salvation. I walked up the Lisburn Road, I got into my car and started to read this Bible. I read Romans 5, read many passages I'd known from my earliest day. I read Romans 5 and I read like this in this version, Romans 5 verse 6. At the right time when we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 
remember driving home that day and the reality dawning in upon my soul time and time again powerless there was nothing that I could do helpless sinner in the sight of a holy God as I drove home that day for the first time in my life I started to consider what he had done for me all he had suffered at the hands of men all that he had endured at the hands of men as I turned off the Annandale embankment onto the Ormer Road it came to me like this Matthew that's not all he suffered he suffered the judgment of God for guilty sinners and in a moment it dawned upon my soul as it just that he took my place and died for me the reality of a moment of saving faith. We pass from death unto life. Dear friend, this is the reality of the message we preach. That a soul here tonight, at a distance from God, you could know your sins forgiven. You could know peace, a joy, a satisfaction. And it's all found in him. A separation because of sin. A source, the source of salvation in him. But as I finish i just want to simply leave dear friend there's a seriousness of spurning for there's a little word in this verse and it's a quaint now there's many who know the gospel there's many who intend to be saved and yet they go on and go on and dear friend someday it'll be too late I'll quickly tell of a man I stood in a hospital ward and looked into a bed or into a side room. There was a man writhing in agony as men, as nurses and doctors held him down. And they kept saying as they were administering something to calm him down. They kept saying, Roy, what's wrong? Roy, what's wrong? Infection had ravaged his body. The man was... In the last throes of life, it makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up to even think about it, dear friend. That man cried. I can still hear it. That man cried. As they said, Roy, what's wrong? He cried, I'm going to hell. And I'm not ready. A man who obviously had known the truth of the gospel, had known of the love of God, had known of the provision of Calvary when one died in his stead that he might be saved. And yet he went on and went on and went on. Dear friend, don't leave this matter. These things are too important. These things are for eternity. If you have an earnest desire of your soul's salvation, seek it tonight. A quaint, now thyself with him and be at peace for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him trust Christ know your sins forgiven know heaven as your home shall we pray our blessed God and loving Heavenly Father, we come to Thee at the close of this meeting. Thank Thee 
for the privilege to open thy precious word and to shine forth the wondrous person of thy Son. We pray for all that have heard, all that have been under the sound of our voice. We pray that thou wouldst move mightily this evening, that souls would be in earnest, and souls would not let these matters slip, but tonight put their faith alone in thy blessed Son. We're thankful for their provision to meet the need of all, that none need perish, all may live. For Christ has died, and we pray that they would understand the finished work of Calvary was in their account, and know their sins forgiven. We pray for journey and mercies as we make our way home. Pray that thou be with us throughout the remainder of this day, for we ask it all in the worthy name of thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.